1: That's 800 392 7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details.
2: Live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's
3: get it on! Superman. We're live seven days a week, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific with the, uh, oh gosh, what's that guy's name? Oh man, with Semper Sempervivi, I can't, ah, I can't think of it. Anyway, Mondays through Fridays, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, Sundays, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific with that delightful Andrew Zarian. And Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific with me, Jim Valley, the effing king of recovery, back because of the fans. Each and every one of you. You all fat, neck, beard, and mouth-breathing trolls. Forgot about that one. You guys ready to have some fun? Yeah. That's too bad, because I'm not. I've got a tedious hour filled with seconds of quality content, because if I'm dead inside, I'm going to drag you down with me. Coming up on the show, actually, something that's been on my mind for a while that I've wanted to talk about, but the timing never felt quite right, but circumstances this week that I think make my case. We'll ask the question, does Tony Khan have a masculinity problem? And I think some of the criticism and exaggerations directed at him come from the theme of masculinity. Smackdown suffering from the non-electric, post-rock, sports, entertainment blues. Add Matt Riddle to the names of those who have been released, and hopefully he can find success, health, and happiness in whatever. Comes next for Riddle. Eddie Kingston says his back is bothering him. He's not going to work indies right now. Matter of fact, Defy in Seattle announced that Eddie will not be appearing tonight. And they said they found out about it at the last moment, just like everybody else. So if you're going to Defy in Seattle, Eddie Kingston will not be there tonight. Rampage thought it was a good show. Great new ROH six-man tag team champions. There's a brand new Portland Wrestle cast And coming up, by popular demand, it's back. We'll gig the news. Stand by. Jim Valley, Wrestling Observer Live.
4: Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life stop living with debt and start living your dreams call the debt helpline
1: now 800-943-2153 800-943-2153 800-943-2153 that's 800-943-2153 do you use
4: the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life
0: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live on the Sports
3: Byline Broadcasting Network. Not your not the video games or Twitch. Too ugly for OnlyFans. That's why you'll find me here on Wrestling Observer Live. I mean, have you seen the crew here? Like Vinny and Craig? Yeah, you're right. Never mind. They're gorgeous. I can't compete with that beefcake. But speaking of beefcake. That hot piece, that red-hot grandpa, Tony Schiavone, on his show this week, uh, What Happened When? He and uh, Conrad covered an episode of Portland Wrestling from 1982. And I get Look, I get it. I get it. If you aren't used to Portland Wrestling, it's going to look weird. It's going to sound weird. The presentation, it's rough around the edges. So at the last minute, I decided to do a watch-along of my own, on the same episode uh, with the latest Portland WrestleCast that's up right now for subscribers at Wrestling Observer. There's more to cover than I even realized. Uh, After I was done, I realized I even left some things out, but still, lots of information and stories, anecdotes. Uh, On the show, Ric Flair defends the NWA world title in his first defense ever in Portland against uh, Brett Wayne Sawyer. Also on the show, Buddy Rose, Rocky Johnson, Kurt Hennig, his dad, Larry Hennig, Brutus Beefcake, King Parsons, and more. So I tried to provide context for the wrestlers, the announcer, the TV commercials, the arena, and uh, much more. So check it out. I did my own watch along with uh, that episode of Portland Wrestling all the way back from 1980 so check it out if you're a subscriber at WrestlingObserver.com Right now it's time to get out your tape and raise your blades Let's give the news Well just released we mentioned talent Matt Riddle gotten into another interaction with law enforcement It's true You recall a few weeks ago Riddle accused a cop at the JFK airport of sexual assault. Now Riddle as another incident, this time involving inappropriate gestures with a motorcycle cop, a construction worker, a Native American, and a cowboy. Authorities are investigating local YMCAs. Former TBS champion Jade Cargill has been seen at the WWE Performance Center. The wrestling news media said, obviously, this is yet another example of Tony Khan's poor leadership and failed management. WWE's streaming deal with Hulu could be coming to an end. Some content on the service shows it will expire in a few weeks. Hulu support stated its streaming rights with WWE will indeed expire shortly. The wrestling news media said, obviously, this is yet another example of Tony Khan's poor leadership and failed management. Minoru Suzuki and Shinzo Takagi had a match inside the Shinkansen, Japan's famous bullet train. Fans in the seats paid hundreds of dollars to see the half-naked man trade punches, chops, clotheslines, and Suzuki's famous package gotch pile driver. In Japan, it's for the DDT promotion. In the U.S., it's for Spirit Airlines. WWE Smackdown is leaving network television and going to the USA cable network. People familiar with the deal say it's valued at roughly $1.4 billion, about a 40% increase over the deal WWE had with Fox. TKO stock dropped on the news of the deal. Obviously, yet another example of Tony Khan's poor leadership and failed management, according to wrestling pundits. WWE officially announced the Elimination Show, the Elimination Chamber Show, will be February the 24th at Optus Stadium in Burwood, Australia, a suburb of Perth. Now, in this stadium, attendance is expected to draw about 55,000 fans and earn about 8 million million dollar dues. Really hope they do a booting match. Tony Khan says he works 80 to 100 hours per week on his various jobs. He also noted that he's never missed an AEW live event and is the only person to have seen every show. Said the wrestling media, <laughs> yeah, but he sat on the hard side of the camera. As expected, after the merger with UFC Endeavor this past week, over a 100 WWE office employees and a number of in-ring talent were cut. Quote, we don't have the time or the bandwidth for all of these wrestlers. Unquote, said Conrad Thompson and spokespeople for Twitch and OnlyFans. Blue Chew's like, we only got so much money, my guy. WWE did a tryout for independent pro wrestlers. This came as a surprise to many of the wrestlers, as they didn't realize they could actually get paid for wrestling. Who knew? The Los Angeles Times interviewed a former WWE board member about his resignation. Ignace Lau was part of the board's audit and investigation into the allegations against Chair Vince McMahon. Loud says that it wasn't aligned with his vision of governance. The article covered the secret payments McMahon made using company money, which he has since paid back. Investigations into McMahon by the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commissions are ongoing. Even the TKO filing with the SEC said McMahon's membership on our board could expose us to negative publicity and have other adverse financial and operational impacts on our business unquote pro wrestling analysts added yeah but did you see Tony Khan try to dance like Daniel Garcia so there you go Dig the news this week. Did you notice a theme? You know, if you followed wrestling the uh, past few months, you'd think that AEW and Tony Khan were on the skids. And look, it's true. Ratings are soft at times. Ticket sales have also been soft. Plus, we learned that new term. Tickets sold versus the turnstile count. Also, we're CM Punk and Jack Perry, huh? WWE's number one in pro wrestling or sports entertainment, however you want to call it. And anytime, I swear, anytime someone is in second place, they always draw the comparisons to world championship wrestling. And look, I lived through WCW, I enjoyed a lot of WCW. It is not even close. AEW doesn't have a fat chick thriller. There's no huge erection. There's no NWO black, white, red, brown. Feel the vibrations. Come on, come on. Look, Tony Khan has a plan. He knows where he's going. You may not like it, but it's definitely laid out. Now, certainly, injuries and circumstance play a role in the changing of plan. And you may have criticisms, and some of them may be fair, but AEW is not Crash TV. But what about the future of WWE TV? Well, SmackDown, the most widely viewed weekly wrestling TV program, it never reached the 5 million or so viewers that was estimated at the beginning of the contract it signed with Fox. Do you remember that? Network TV was supposed to equal more eyes and more WWE viewers. And it never consistently did. While often winning the night, Fox obviously didn't think it was worth the investment. And nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about that. A lot of things people aren't talking about. We'll talk about those next. Stand by Jim Valley Wrestling Observer Lot.
0: Attention homeowners, it's not if something's going to break, it's when. That's home ownership. If your dryer, your refrigerator, or your AC and heating breaks, that's an expensive call. And who do you call? Make it easy on yourself and call Choice Home Warranty. We've already done the research and have access to 25,000 technicians that can be at your home quickly. We've covered close to 2 million homes in the United States. There's a good chance your neighbors work with us. Call us right now before the next breakdown. We'll tell you everything that's covered in your home and give you the first month free with our ironclad 30-day money-back guarantee. Call now and learn how to get your free month. 800-392-7027. 800-392-7027.
1: 392 7027 That's 800-392-7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details. Pricing information, 800-915-9654, 800-915-9654, 915 9654 That's 800-915-9654.
0: I don't even recognize myself anymore.
2: I'm really worried about him, his addiction. I haven't seen him like this ever. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: What's so up, my YouTube channel? My YouTube channel, Jim Valley, reminded me the name of the host during the week, Barry Albertson. Thank you. Forgotten. Forgotten his name. But uh, Andrew Zarian is just a delightful young man, isn't he? Such a nice man. It's Jim Valley. It's Wrestling Observer Live. You know, I've had this idea and this thought in my head for a while as I mentioned after a secretive few months Vince McMahon just comes back and it's accepted this summer the feds raided Vince where his home his office Titan Towers a vacation home nobody asked nobody knows nobody's talking about it it's It's just accepted. What are they talking about? Light AEW attendance, AEW backstage incidents, and saying AEW doesn't do long-term booking. I would argue AEW brought long-term booking back to North America, but nobody's talking about that. If you listen to wrestling media, WWE is going great gangbusters. And AEW is about ready to become a spirit Halloween store. And I think there's a reason why. Indulge me for a second. My dad was an attorney. He was almost 41 when I was born. Very old for the time. My mom was 33. That's ancient for 1969. Very common today. My brothers and sisters were older, born in the early 60s. My brothers played with Tonka trucks, they had mini bikes, played football. My oldest brother was an Eagle Scout. All very good things. I'm not disparaging them. They just weren't for me. Couldn't care less about cars or guns or traditional male stuff at the time. That's just who I am. I don't mock it, I'm in awe of some of it, as a matter of fact. But growing up, I loved superheroes, Batman, and Superman. And my older brothers would tease me because I played with dolls. Didn't matter they were quote-unquote boy dolls. They were dolls. Not action figures, as I argued. Oh no. They were dolls. I'd play with my sister, we were very close when we were younger. She had Barbies, obviously, in the Dream House, I think. And I would play as Ken. I remember when Christmas, I think I wanted my own Ken doll so I could play with my sister. When I asked Santa, all the kids laughed. And I, I didn't understand why. I was probably like five, four or five. Ken was a boy. I'm a boy. and I didn't understand that Ken was a boy doll for girls. But the logic, bullying, bullying, tricks, Made sense to me at the time. You know, while my parents were at work, uh, I was a lo- one of the first latchkey kids. They dropped me off at daycare, but it was really a friend's house. The babysitters, I called it. A couple and their children. They had kids who were older and better in sports. And as I mentioned, I didn't like sports. Back then, TV athletes, except for maybe Muhammad Ali and Dr. J, were were pretty boring. This was before I discovered wrestling. Adults made me always play sports so I wouldn't be quote-unquote a pansy now look I don't know if that meant gay or not I still don't maybe they just didn't want me to be a wimp or or effeminate or be able to, to to defend myself I'm not saying it's necessarily a, a bad thing it's just it's just what happened and someone says kids can be cruel in the chat Nah, it's not necessarily cruel it's just, it is what it is and I would be 35 years later, maybe more, before I would discover my chronic disease and the underlying factors as to why I was not athletic Back then, I just didn't want to play, but I had to, so I wouldn't be a pansy. And as life went on, I discovered I was a pretty strong swimmer, not a bad gymnast, as a matter of fact, but these were not organized sports in the small town that I lived in back then. And look, if you're athletic, I think that's great. However you excel and express yourself, I'm not envious. We're all different. If you work on cars or machinery or like to go out in the woods or fish or hunt, do those traditional things, understand I'm not looking down on you. Not at all. I've got a friend who's an arborist, and he climbs up and tops tall trees. and I jokingly call him my bromance because... He's a lot of things that uh, I'm not, but still we get along great. And I bring this up because I don't want you to think I'm criticizing or calling names. I say this because I understand, and I've dealt with it myself. But I ask, does Tony Khan have a masculinity problem? A PR problem with masculinity. Society loves masculinity. The quarterback, the male model with abs, the charismatic lead singer. And you know, you can even go to the extreme with a warped sense of masculinity like Andrew Tate. Vince McMahon is known as Caesar and he's built a world that kowtows to him. 40 years. And he's got an image. Vince once took the doomsday device from Hawk and Animal. He doesn't sleep. He Drives like a madman at times. Hates sneezing. Sees sickness as a form of weakness. And of course his infamous grapefruits. Never mind that Bret Hart punched him out with one shot. Or that he tore both of his quads getting into the ring. Vince McMahon has built an image on hyper-masculinity. And now given that for decades, he ran a corral of muscular beef on the hoof, many of them the real deal, and many others who believe or did believe they're the real deal. Maybe because of that, it was necessity that you have to act like the baddest dog in the yard, especially when it's your. Now we come to 2019, here comes Tony Khan. He's young, he's educated, he's modern. You know, I have a brother about the same age, the era of growing up with the NES, the Turtles, He-Man. And look, while the He-Man and the Turtles have got the peak physical conditioning and certainly they fight, but they're also kind and they're sensitive and they're, they're not always traditional with their way of thinking. And unlike my generation, it was okay for my younger brother not to play sports. Things had changed in that 10, 15 or so years. Not many people called you a pansy. Tony Khan grew up, he liked numbers. And like me, like you, he liked pro wrestling. He liked it so much he founded All Elite Wrestling. He hired numbers and analytics people right off the bat. Over time, he's given people time off when they need it. He's flown people to funerals of close friends in the wrestling business. He's honored his contracts. In short, he's ran AEW like a modern business, not like a traditional wrestling company. Now, Some athletes weren't up to speed. Some sense and kindness as weakness, I believe, tested the boundaries. Tony Khan and AEW's public image has paid dearly, I believe, for this philosophy. In the past, people criticized Vince for how he ran WWE. Stone Cold Steve Austin back when he had his podcast, you remember. He was backstage at Raw and said, everybody was walking on eggshells. That was bad because talent has to have the freedom to speak up and be part of their creative process. But also, you can't crank it up to 11 on camera, but then be meek as a lamb backstage. Got to pound your chest. And the wrestling echo chamber followed suit. They said, You got to give talent that freedom. Tony Khan gave talent that freedom. And suddenly people are like, No, not like that. You got to rule with an iron fist. Don't try to be their friend. You're trying to be their friend. Be a boss. Then when Tony Khan fires CM Punk with cause, people mock him for saying that lives were in danger. I wasn't there. You weren't there. Possibly they were. When you lay out and compare issues and individual challenges with WWE and AEW, I think it's obvious AEW's got a PR problem. And I think more than that, Tony Khan has got a PR masculinity problem. Speaking as someone who tends to be more metro, I can relate. Vince allegedly grabs ass and allegedly shared a subordinate with someone else who was in the office at the time. But that's okay. We set low standards for Vince and he reaches those low standards. Nobody saw it. But also, it's a masculine fantasy. Isn't that the dream? You have so much power and so much that F you money. You can do what you want and sleep with who you want. Isn't that what Andrew Tate sells? Tony Khan works 80 hours a week. And rest. Vince does other things. A legend. Does Tony got into the masculinity problem? We'll wrap it up next. Stand by, Jim Valley, Wrestling Observer Live.
2: at prizepickscom slash byline for a first deposit matchup to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy.
1: that's 800-433-0539, paid for by Fix My Student Loans. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: It's Jim Kelly, Wrestling Observer Live, people in the YouTube chat wondering, haven't heard anything about Big Lou lately, hope he's taking his meds. You know, he is kind of porky. So we're talking about masculinity and the perception. Someone in the chat talking about, does this masculinity have something effect affect on Tony Khan's booking? And I couldn't say that. I'm not talking about Tony Khan. I'm talking about how we perceive him and how we perceive him, I believe has affected some of the coverage and some of the PR spin. You know, Vince allegedly, allegedly, sleeps with subordinates consensually or possibly does some things unethically, maybe even unwanted allegedly by a boss. Allegedly, he pays out millions for these alleged acts. But because the Mr. McMahon character is hyper-masculine and plays into the legend of the man himself, it's expected and unsurprising. We have low standards for him, and maybe he lives up to those. It's just Vince being Vince. Business as usual. WWE and the stock price suffers zero. We ask less of Vince, and WWE, and they never let us down. Tony Khan is happy for his wrestlers, like Claudio, and he hugs him in a genuine happy moment. Oh, no, Tony's weird. That's weird, you know. He's weird because hugging is not masculine, and it was done in public. It's not seen as a joyous moment of genuine happiness for an employee who's also a friend, no. It's described as creepy. A masculine man would never do that. Vince fires people during a pandemic, basically making his contracted performers now the government's problem. And I'm sure at least some of them needed some assistance, at least for a while. The money would not have mattered at all to the company in the least. Still, he did it. Tony Khan lets a contract run out, Doesn't renew. And he's racist or sexist. Doesn't matter. The performers may not have been the best or even in that much demand. Tony Khan honored his word. Paid him. Even if he wasn't using them. Vince just cuts people at his discretion. There's no criticism. Vince is Caesar. Thumbs down. That is masculine. Tony Khan is the son of a billionaire. And people say that wrestlers are like his action figures and he's just living out fantasies. Hmm. Same people cheering as Shane McMahon went toe to toe with Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle, Bobby Lashley, and even Kane. And keep in mind, Shane is beaten Roman Reigns, The Big Show, Dolph Ziggler, and more. He was once promoted as the best in the world. Now, granted, the tournament he won was kind of a joke, but the marketing wasn't. It was to bury a former talent and an actual wrestler. And let's not forget Stephanie McMahon emasculating a countless line of wrestlers. Kurt Angle, Mick Foley, Jericho, Daniel Bryan. And when he dared to stand up to her, Dusty Rhodes was never seen on TV again. But yet, Tony Khan is a spoiled rich kid living out his fantasies. Tony Khan is a modern man. He's about numbers. And ever since Moneyball, the sports game has changed. And just because, as far as we know, don't let me down here, Tony. As far as we know, Tony, doesn't grab ass or rule by fear. He tries to give talent voices and opportunities and actually, can you believe this, enjoys matches, different styles, and the art of wrestling. He's a bad guy. In a world where billionaires automate everything and make draconian cuts to please shareholders, Tony has created good family wage jobs for a lot of families. He's shown loyalty and compassion to many. Now, does Tony have a masculinity problem? I think in the next year, things won't be so bad with AEW. And maybe, maybe some scripts will flip in WWE. Maybe the feds will catch up. Maybe we'll find out Some more allegations were true, allegedly. Maybe we're going to see in the future that it's actually Vince McMahon who had the masculinity problem. And Tony Khan had his masculinity in check and not paying out checks. Now look, Tony Khan may not be the most macho man, but what does a real macho man do?
2: Okay, your 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 middle name is Macho, but uh, I'm wondering if you ever cry. You ever has a Macho man ever cried?
3: Oh yeah, really? Uh huh. It's okay for <laughs> Macho men to show every emotion available right there, you know, because I've cried a thousand times. I'm gonna cry some more, but. I've soared with the eagles, and I've slithered with the snakes, and I've been everywhere in between. And I'm going to tell you something right now. There's one guarantee in life, and that there are no guarantees. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. I understand this. <laughs> yeah. Nobody likes a quitter. Nobody said life was easy. So if you get knocked down, take the standing eight count, get back up, and fight again, and you're a macho maniac. Dig it. Good advice from the macho man. Oh, yeah. so SmackDown um, news that uh, LA Knight had COVID, which is too bad, had to be written off the show. But it looks like we wish him a full and speedy recovery, by the way. But it looks like they're building to John Cena and LA Knight versus the bloodline of Solo Sikoa and Jimmy Uso. And the show ended, Jimmy Uso and Solo jumped AJ Styles while Cena was in the ring signing his contract for payback. And they put AJ in an ambulance. Seems like they wrote him out. But Jimmy Uso had the mic and I was not feeling Jimmy Uso on the mic. Io Sky beat Asuka with help from Bailey to defend the championship. Next week, because of that, it's going to be Bailey taking on Charlotte. They had a whole thing outside the ring. And Santos and Ray beat the Street Profits. Ray gets dumped out of the ring. Bobby Lashley choke slams. Ray on the apron, rolls him in the ring, and Dawkins is in shock. Like, suddenly he's come to the realization that they're heels. Like, it never occurred to during the past several weeks. I don't know. Anyway, Ray capitalizes, rolls Dawkins up for the win, and Announcers talk about how Dawkins doesn't yet have the killer instinct, and Lashley is mad at uh, Dawkins. But next week, uh, Ray versus Santos for the U.S. title, Charlotte versus Bayley, as I mentioned. SmackDown was just there. And the other thing, I thought Rampage for Two Hours was a lot of fun. Opening match. Uh, Sting and Derby Allen did a Scorpion Death Coffin Drop, uh, which was very cool good to see Sting still doing innovations but the main event was great the Elite defeated the Mogul Embassy for the ROH six man titles but I'll tell you what, I thought this match was awesome and I thought the Elite made the Mogul embassy, embassy particularly Towa Leona look like they were on that main event level. I was very impressed. Brian Cage is always there. Bishop Khan is great. But it really felt like those guys have got something. I was questioning kind of the cosmetics of the Mogul Embassy, but I thought last night they were impressive as all heck. Collision tonight, Ricky Starks and Brian Danielson, Texas death match, that should be outstanding. Jay White versus Andrade, or Andre, as I think sometimes he's called. TNT Championship, Darby Allen, Luchasaurus, and Christian Cage. Hook and RVD taking on 2.0. FTR versus The Workhorseman, And Willow versus Julia Hart. Should be a fun show. I'll tell you what, Jay White has been killing it. I'm excited for he and Andrade. Jay talked about their past. Obviously, Andrade, when he was under a mask, was in New Japan when Jay was a young boy. So we'll see if that plays into anything or if the announcers make reference to it, what Kevin Kelly has to say about that. Should be some good background and things tonight. But I think Collision has been a fun show. It's been, I think... Week in and week out, I think it's been one of my very favorite, maybe my favorite wrestling show. But it's interesting the way things are compartmentalized on AEW. Jay White feels like a collision wrestler. They do. They feel like the uh, Bullet Club Gold feels like collision. And there's some wrestlers, because I have to watch Rampage, because it's on Friday nights, who feel like they're always on Rampage. And then obviously there's some people on dynamite, but I don't know if that's going to keep going or if that's just a temporary situation. But uh, I enjoy Collision each and every week, and SmackDown. I'm going to give it some time, but I wonder. I wonder if John Cena leaves now, if the rider strikes over Rock. Is he coming back? I don't know. But they make everybody on the main roster pale in comparison to John Cena and The Rock. I hope the audience will be will be forgiving. We shall, we shall see, but I don't know. The WWE audience tends to be, at least in this era, very forgiving. So even if The Rock doesn't come back, doesn't challenge for a championship at WrestleMania 40, and it's Cody Rhodes. I imagine the WWE universe will still be fired up for Cody to complete the story and not see him as a placeholder for The Rock. We'll see. We shall... We'll see what happens, but... I don't know. I, uh... I'm curious what's going to happen with WWE and TKO. That uh, SEC filing, talking about Vince McMahon as a liability on the board, gave me pause of maybe things to come and things that people aren't talking about. But Vince hasn't been a liability yet. I guess there's no reason to think that he will be in the future, but I don't know. Maybe I'm too pessimistic. Um, I am pessimistic though on on, uh, Jimmy Uso. This promo this week, that just felt like Uso penitentiary. It didn't feel like he was feeling it. It didn't feel like he was one with the crowd. It just felt like he was barking and talking and just doing his own thing. He wasn't one. With the Stand by a little bit more. I'll squeeze out a little bit more volume. Wrestling Observer Live
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live on
2: the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: I have watched about half of the Skabon, Japanese women's wrestling company that ran NYC this week with all the characters, factions, and production. Fumi Saito is also watching it, so... We will uh, watch the whole show, collect our thoughts, and have an upcoming episode where we talk about it. Um, it's very interesting. It's about what I thought, um, but uh, I don't think it's bad by uh, by any means. Um, but anyway, I'll go in-depth on an upcoming episode of Pacific Rim. Also, don't forget Portland WrestleCast. I talk about April 1982. If you listen to Tony and Connor, On what happened when, I cover the exact same episode with the watch along. Uh, So I explain the announcer, the commercials, the wrestlers, all of the background on the arena and everything. Covering Ric Flair, and Brett Wayne Sawyer, Buddy Rose, Rocky Johnson, the Hennig family. Interesting stuff on the Hennig family produce Beefcake, King Parsons. So anyway, check it out if you listen to that show and you want to uh, get more context. I mean, not everybody can be an expert on every era and every time in wrestling. One of the reasons I do the Portland WrestleCast is because I recognize that Portland Wrestling, Don Owen, is a blind spot for a lot of people. So, Hopefully if you listen to this WrestleCast that's up right now for subscribers, it will fill in maybe a lot of questions that you had and maybe some questions that Conrad and Tony couldn't answer. And I'm not ripping on them. It's, Portland is a very obscure territory for many people. And Conrad, I'm not even sure, was alone. And Tony had family to raise, wrestling and baseball Stuff so I'm not critical of them when I go over this show so understand that too. But check it's uh the Portland Wrestlecast. It's Jim Valley I will uh, have a show for you next week. Talk to you uh, live in a couple of weeks. Wrestling Observer Live.